Hi and welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. This week's episode is with Kima Bob, who is a fantastic person, and I had a really lovely chat with her in Mayleaf Tea House in Camden, in London. Uh, we talked about the difference between what you say and what people hear, as well as what the goal of life, discourse, performance, art. Uh, should be, is, and can be. Uh, it's a really lovely chat. There are a few banging noises in the background that you might hear. That is fireworks going off in London tonight. I've tried to edit them down out of the mix as much as possible um, with my limited audio skills, so I'm hoping they won't be startling to you as they were to us in the moment in the room. Um, thank you, everybody, who has been sending me emails, alicerfraser at gmail. Dot com. Apart from one person who sent me a very nasty email, no thank you, boo. But other than that, thank you. And if you do want to send me a nasty email, you are welcome to. Uh, I can't say that it'll make me happy, but if you need to express something, why am I welcoming this? I'm not. Thank you, everybody who has been subscribing to the Patreon. Um, it's a fantastic thing to get your messages there, to uh, get your feedback on the things that I put out there. And, of course, it makes my job and my life a lot easier uh, to be supported by you. Of course, if you don't give money, that is also completely allowed. And just thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for supporting the podcast by listening or by telling other people or by doing all of the other things that you can do, uh, tweeting about it or giving five-star reviews. You know that particular jazz. Uh, I will not keep you too long. I am headed to my brother's house to squeeze my little niece. Um, I have a niece. It's fantastic. She's fantastic. I haven't asked permission to talk about her yet. I haven't asked her permission. She can't talk yet, but I probably shouldn't um, extrapolate on it too much. But I am very excited about it, and it's, it's delightful. So without further ado, uh, here is the podcast with Kima Bob. You are having tea with Alice. I will see you next week. Bye. So, uh, who are you and what are you drinking? Oh, um, I'm Kima Bob, um, and I'm a comedian and stuff. Yeah, like a, a freelance funny person mm -hmm. surviving in London, barely. And I'm drinking a turmeric, like a turmeric latte. Yes, yeah. with almond milk. Very excited, yeah, because I don't want to um, fart. Ah, oh, you're lactose intolerant? Yeah. I mean, that's... It's just a, like a whole... Just an upset. And I'll do it anyway. Like, I'll have a milkshake. I'll have some ice cream. Yeah. But if there's actually the option, then I'm like, I should go for that and be considerate of... Uh, firstly, myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Important. I don't want to feel that pain. <laughs> uh, but also, I don't want anyone else... Do you ever take those uh, lactase enzymes things? Nope. I just, just deal... You just just you want to feel the full yeah, consequences kicking of your it actions. Old yeah, I'm like if I'm gonna <laughs> if I'm gonna take a pill, I might as well have not had the milkshake. Like, oh, let's so go the pain all is the part way. of the full yeah the experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, what have you been wrestling with recently? What's on your mind? Oh, on my mind is um oh god, boundaries and friendship 
and money and like compensation for things and like oh god America so you are from America yeah and oh. what w- what is on your mind about America like there's so much going on uh, politically, like uh, we're getting close to some like midterm elections, um, and I feel like such a wiener because I'm not like absentee voting, um, and I have a lot of feelings about how I would like things to go, mm-hmm. but I'm not doing anything about it, mm-hmm. um, and that that is a fun thing to feel. <laughs> of like, okay, so I'm from Texas, which is like one of the most conservative states. It's super gross, um, and we have this guy called. Beto um, O'Rourke, who's like running for like governor mm-hmm. or whatever. Look, I don't even know what's happening. All I know is that it, it is important. It's super important that he beat Ted Cruz, who is basically Satan, uh-huh. um, and like someone who Donald Trump now supports. And this guy Beto is working so hard. Like he's campaigning like so hard. He's like going to places on foot, shaking people's hands with his hands, saying hi with his mouth, mm-hmm. looking people in the eyes with his eyes, you know? Um, and it's almost like he knows how important it is. And I'm watching him in awe and not doing anything to vote for him. I mean, that is hard. Can you absentee vote? Is there a way to oh, do it or is it too it. late? There's a way. It's too late. And if it's not too late, I know it's too hard. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I've landed. <laughs> it's a lot of energy, man. Yeah, it is a lot of energy. Did I don't know enough about American politics. I kind of only know American politics through comedy about American politics. You know what I mean? Or very, you know, very much polarized, very much you get yeah. one side of the story yeah. and then the other side of the story. Yeah. And I know which side of the story rings true to me. Mm-hmm. But then equally... I'm very wary of that. I'm wary of yeah. things that sound yeah. oh, right. totally. Like, the fact that I get my news primarily from Stephen Colbert is a problem. Ah! What's happening there? I think we all died. I don't know if that was... Was that about sounded, fireworks? It sounds like is it fireworks. New Year's? Do people celebrate now? Is it remember, gu- remember yeah, the it's something the Guy of November. Day okay. on fire night. That was intense. There's a lot of I it. Was, I, yeah. I was like, are we going to die? I mean, that is... You know what I mean? That is also a thing that... When I was in America, I was in a um, Were you movie in a constant theater. state of... Yeah, I was in a movie theater, and the movie theater got... There was an alarm, oh, like a fire no. alarm, yeah, and yeah, I thought, yeah. oh, I'm going to die. Yeah, yeah, Someone's going to kill me. likely. I mean, either that or... Yay, thank you. Oh, thank you. Now we have our turmeric tea Amazing. and some yam thank cookies. Thank you so much. Oh, exciting. So... Wow, who knew? Um, yeah, it's like um, a movie theater. Like, maybe the only place more dangerous to be would be, like, an elevator elementary school or something you never know where you're going to get shot yeah which is i mean terrifying to somebody who grew up in a country without guns yeah i was yeah, young yeah. when they oh, i mean this is good this is good as fuck <laughs> it is good turmeric sort of spicy and delicious yeah it's a good time oh man i feel like my immune system has been boosted already so you are like quite politically active on a kind of performance level you perform yeah. in a lot of you know 
activist spaces, would you call it that? Or? I feel like I've been like fortunate to perform in like a lot of queer spaces, a lot of uh, spaces that center like people of color, um, a lot of feminist spaces. Um, and I wonder how I'm spoiled in that way, um, because there are certain places that I've, I feel wary about. Um, and it's, it's also interesting because I, I find it important to talk about uh, racial things and like queer stuff. Like I, I just like to say something uh, substantive. And for me, at this point in my like two year comedy career, <laughs> like this is what that is, you know? Mm. Um, but I wonder how this is going to shift uh, because I find myself being booked in these places and maybe uh, like cabaret nights and stuff. Um, but yeah, that that mass, like not appeal, but like I don't know. I I wonder if a crowd in the countryside would respond to my, you know, material. Like you know, that is yeah. That is a really that. interesting question, right? Do you? I'm always very wary of. Uh, preaching to the converted, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think it can be, sometimes be really fantastic and and, and supportive and developmental mm-hmm. to be in a space where people are on your side mm. from the get go, mm. and that's a, like a nice place to grow. It's a nice place to develop, but it can mm-hmm. also teach you super bad habits in exactly yeah. the same way as doing open mics yeah. in uh, New York, where there are five comedians in the audience and nobody else is there, mm-hmm. and they're all on their phones. You find yourself playing to that crowd because that's mm-hmm. the crowd that's there yeah. and your instincts as a comedian are to please the people in front of you so if it's just comedians you'll say more and more shocking yeah. things or more and more anti-comedy mm-hmm. or more and more mm-hmm. and then that doesn't transfer well into a mainstream yeah. room yeah it's really interesting also to think about like I don't want to um, I don't want to there's something special that I feel like I get to do at the like monthly night that I put on in London, which is like have an actually diverse audience. Well, it's not like there aren't a lot of dudes there, but it's like they're um, like women and non-binary folk. Um, so it's it's quite queer. It's quite culturally diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, like ethnically or whatever other gross words you could say that are yeah. synonymous with that. Um, I really enjoy performing to this room of people who are, you know, quite feminist um, and like people that... Well, there is that thing where they might be culturally diverse, but they're probably politically yeah. in sync, yeah. Yeah. which is nice. Yeah. It is nice, and to a certain extent... I wonder if it's okay to say that that's who I want to perform for. I don't really want to bring joy or laughter to random people who probably don't... You, ah, See, this is the question. Weird. This is a question, and I think there's a balance to be struck, because part of... 
I mean, you can do comedy for a number of different reasons. Yeah. If it is just bringing joy, if, if comedy is just, and I say just, not in a diminishing way, but yeah, if the purpose yeah. for you of comedy is to bring joy mm-hmm. and to give people a relief from their lives or to see their own lives reflected back at them in a way that makes them happy, then that's a great... Yeah, it's a, what's your motivation? That's yeah. What's your motivation? If your motivation is to... Uh, persuade people to change people's minds to give people a different view of the world yeah. to expand yeah. the universes of people who would never otherwise yeah. have known that people like you existed or known yeah. that your voice existed that's a different project totally. and it feels like and not like those are the only two options no right? no of I feel course like not there's this whole other realm of people who are just like just say something funny just get the money which that's where i'm having a problem with is because i want to do those two things both of them preferably at the same time can i get a mixed audience please yes like you know what i mean like i i feel like that would change so much about comedy also if you looked out into the audience and it wasn't 70 percent oftentimes 90 percent like a white audience Mm. i feel like different versions like of diversity out on london's comedy scene would like change how people perform on stage as well absolutely it would absolutely do that and i think in that instance maybe it is a question of for you as a booker Mm. not you as a comedian Mm -hmm. (laughs) in some ways booking more mainstream acts bringing those people into that Mm. space but then that's a that's a challenge right that's a challenge to your audience that's a challenge to the performer if you get somebody who's used to performing the comedy store on a saturday night and you take them to a a queer venue yeah some of their jokes are not going to land and Mm -hmm. that's going to be difficult for the audience because no one likes watching bad comedy and particularly nobody likes watching bad comedy that is an expression of opinions they disagree with yeah yeah um I admire people like Jeff Norcott, for example, who positions himself as a conservative comedian. Okay, okay. But he does it well because Mm. he knows that his audience, for the most part in London particularly, Mm. and the people who book him for the most part, artistic lefty people, they're not on his side. Mm. So he has to work very hard to present his perspectives as reasonable to to make the punchlines good enough that people, you know, they might disagree with it, 90% Mm -hmm. of what he says, but then they can hear it. That's a bit for me. Sometimes I feel like, um, like I want to. I want comedy to be the spoonful of sugar that maybe allows someone to um, to hear what I have to say. It's just, it's just weird. I feel like I'm hitting this awkward wall of feeling like, does my stuff need to be more clubby um, for me to financially make things work with comedy, right? Yeah. Um, to be booked often enough and then with like enough like compensation to make things work you know what kind of tweaks need to be made for that and like does that need to be something that compromises like do I need to uh, get better at what I'm saying or not say what I'm saying I don't want to not say what I'm saying so really you know what I mean yeah you want to say what you want to say yeah but you also want to say it in a way that people can hear exactly and that's a bit because communication has two sides right there's my like and and you can't just deliver without keeping your audience in mind and we know this yeah but i I don't want to have to 
watered down, you know, because I don't go out to offend or challenge. I definitely don't want to. See, I don't want to offend, but I do want to challenge. And that is a very fine line because I think for a lot of people now, they don't make the distinction Mm. between something that is uncomfortable and something that is unpleasant. Yeah, yeah. And I find that that's a real thing now where where people will say that something's offensive or say that they are offended by something. Mm. And what they mean is, I didn't like hearing that. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to hear that. Yeah. And and then how much your obligation as a human being and as a comedian is to make people feel good or make people feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm confused as to what my job is uh, because it's so weird. I want to. Um, I've like I've had to like write like a mission statement before uh, for like my UK visa to talk about what uh, the business because I got an entrepreneurship visa. What myself as a business, what we do, and uh, so I I want to use comedy to like um, enlighten, uh, empower, and entertain. Mm. So I want to empower um, people that resonate with my stuff. I want to enlighten people who maybe don't aren't familiar with my perspective yeah right but entertain is i feel like what you have to do to do those other bits yeah that that is necessary this is the thing that these kind of necessary and sufficient conditions if you want to talk about it Mm. in those terms of like it is not necessary to enlighten it's not necessary Mm -hmm. to um, empower. It is necessary yeah. to entertain. Yeah, it's like you have. To, yeah, yeah. But the other two are the ones that you want the yeah. most. Yeah. But you need to have the entertainment mm-hmm. element mm-hmm. or the value. It's like, it's like if you're a chef, mm-hmm. right? You can be serving food, and some people might like it, and some people won't like it. But it has to be edible, and it has to yeah. taste good in the way yeah. that it's meant yeah. to taste yeah. good. And then whether it's you know fries or yeah. some nutritionally balanced, delicious, yeah. whole grain yeah. salad. Yeah. That's Ooh, a matter of preference. This metaphor is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's so true. And it's confusing because I've had some some comics um, that I know and respect. I just say, just be funny. Just get out there and make them laugh. And I feel like this will probably change as a, like I try to remain aware of like my relationship with stand-up because mm. I was doing improv before, but I'm st- I'm not also like an improv nerd, you know? Yeah. I'm just like a silly human. Yeah. Um, but that idea of just say something funny, just make them laugh, um, or like just get paid, just go be funny. I. I'm, I'm doing this for me first. Like, this stuff is for me first. And I feel like they that may shift. But, like, I don't know. I just, I don't want to compromise. And I feel like you sh- like, I don't want to compromise um, this, like, substance of my material. Yeah. I feel like there's so many ways I can improve on delivery, but I don't want to not talk about white feminism on stage if it's something that I feel like should be addressed. Like, you know what I mean? Um, I don't want to not talk about, um, like, privilege or racism or the different things that I may talk about or misogyny or whatever. Like, I don't know. And there are things, like, and I, I venture off into other places as, I, as I do, there are different things that I talk about up there that aren't that. Um, 
But I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is I feel like if you have a funny enough joke about white feminism or racism or whatever, then you should be able to tell it wherever the fuck you want to on yeah. a Saturday night, on a Friday night, without having to be like, these people just came out for a beer. Fuck that. Yeah. Like, you know, like, that's, ugh, it's it's so weird. It's a weird place that I'm sitting at. It is a weird, I mean, I, it is a weird place that I that you are sitting at, but I do think it's worth practicing in those mainstream rooms. Totally, totally. I don't want to, like, just avoid those spaces, but I won't lie, I do kind of want to avoid the countryside. <laughs> 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 like, I'm just, like, so nervous. I'm going to walk into somewhere, and it's going to be, like, a lot of, let's get super stereotypical. Of, like, it's going to be a bunch of, like, leave voters or something. Yeah, but this is, <laughs> I, I, look, I don't know that I agree with this I bigotry. Don't I don't think it's a real, like, thing, but I don't know that, it just makes me apprehensive. I think there are kind of two or three things in that. Mm. I think that, um, People who are politically different mm. from you, even people who are racist mm. in principle, mm. often are um, open to human mm-hmm. beings mm-hmm. in a way that mm-hmm. they aren't to the idea of things. So, yeah. for example, yeah. people, um, refugee stories. If people are looking at the numbers mm-hmm. on refugees mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. you know, financial impacts and so on and so forth, people who are anti-refugees, mm. if you tell them a personal story, Mm. They will often say, "Oh well, that person obviously." Yeah, no, they're cool. I mean, yeah, that person, that person sounds great. But th- that's the yeah, thing. Yeah. I think that's kind of the only way to make somebody change their mm-hmm. graph. Mm-hmm. If they're, you know, everyone has a more or less scientific mind, yeah. and it begins with, and you see this very much with the woman thing. It began. Mm. I, I hear this a lot less now, where someone goes, "Oh, I don't normally like women, mm. but I like you." <laughs> you know, I really like that, yeah, which is yeah, a, bo- a yeah. boring thing to hear. I usually, don't find blah blah blah. Because what they're saying is they say, I've got this data on a graph Mm -hmm. and you're an outlier. Mm -hmm. And then they see another outlier and then they see another outlier. And the only way they will ever change their graph is if they see an undeniable number of outliers, Mm -hmm. which isn't fair. Yeah, that's it. But it it kind of, you just have to work with reality. Of like, yeah, because it does put some of the responsibility on you. Um, And so it's just interesting to see that as like, I don't know if it's because I want to talk about this stuff, um, like because this is the stuff that's on my mind, um, or like ah. if you feel you have to talk about it in a defensive way to kind of establish something. I feel like I don't know if I wonder if I'm like making my job harder than it has to be, you know what I mean? But, like, this is what I want, like, like, um, it's a, it's a huge form of expression, and I think I'm shifting from the, like, shifting into the professional realm of comedy, um, and I don't want it to be, was it, like, not like self-serving or whatever but you know when people are like on stage and it's just like it's basically like they're jerking off to the crowd and it's like are you even paying attention you know what I mean yeah self-indulgent there we go self-indulgent like do you even I don't want it to be that way by any means Mm. um 
so yeah it's just it's just weird finding that middle ground in that communication of what would I like to address um, and like how can I make it audible for you yeah how do I how, how do you I know? make you eat yeah, what palatable. I'm yeah. serving yeah and that, that is that's the whole that's game that's the game isn't that's it that's what yeah. I love about it that's yeah. what I'm passionate about yeah. in it totally but it always is going to be a risk if you're doing that if that's mm-hmm. the way you're playing mm-hmm. the game you will always be yeah. pushing at the limits of your capacity to communicate you will yeah. be always pushing yeah. at the limits of your audience to hear what you have to say yep. Yep. as you gain skill you'll gain yeah. more ambition yeah we're never yeah. going to be satisfied yeah like this is this is what we're signing up for oh I think after this uh, Fringe as well like that was just an interesting I think it opened my mind as far as what the UK comedy scene looks like because I wasn't even aware of the Edinburgh Fringe before I was at the Edinburgh Fringe (laughs) uh, which is an interesting way to do it I I was much the same yeah Yeah. I went in without you know without any kind of we're here now like you know it's like oh okay oh this is uh, intense um I saw, I think it kind of, it shifted my attitude a little bit because I had what I like to call the arm folders, the people that seem quite closed off to what you have to say once they realize that you have to say something substantial, you yeah. know, and that it's not, I don't know, just something silly or reductive or like, I don't know, when you read the back of my flyer and it says that my comedy is pro-black and, you know, uh, feminist and sex positive. I don't know what, what yeah, makes well, you come in. You know? What you were expecting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But once they um, begin to hear what's going on, they close the up. Folding. But I learned to fight through the arm folding. And Which that is was important. Great, yeah. That is a super important and valuable thing. And this it's is like also... The best part of my experience, I think, was facing the arm folders head on. And, yeah. And fighting it down. I mean, this is one of the really interesting things about like trying to change the world mm. which is mm. that it's really hard you know it's really hard and it's it's annoying mm. and it's unfair that you should have to yeah yeah uh, this is one of the things about kind of broadly let's say the left that mm. frustrates me mm. when people say it's not my job to educate you mm. and you go yeah, of course it isn't. Of course it's not. But I've kind of tried but to it make is, it my job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> of course it's it's nobody's job. Mm-hmm. So if you are happy as a person who is an outlier in whatever way or yeah. who is oppressed in whatever way, if you're happy with the status quo, mm. which is that it's nobody's job yeah. to educate anyone, yeah. you can't expect somebody to learn on their own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We didn't know how to use a toilet at one point. Yeah. If, yeah. If Everyone has to be educated. That it's that, um, it's a thing of kind of like, and, and also understanding that um, it's a responsibility that you take on if you'd like to see change, but also within that, understanding that you may never be thanked. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and people won't realize that people may not even acknowledge that it was for the best uh, it was for the a, a better world for everyone or you know what i mean or um for more you know well, and it's those things of as well sometimes people don't realize until a lot later i've used this example mm. before but i'll use it again because i think it's a good one of of an example of privilege mm. 
when I was a kid, like a small, small, small child, and my parents would take us out somewhere and we'd come home at night and we'd be asleep in the car and your parents would open the door and unbuckle you from your kiddie seat and carry yeah. you into the house. Yeah. I remember the first time they didn't. Yeah. And the outrage yeah. that I felt yeah. and the hurt and me? the injury and then... How did you even... You woke me up? Yeah. What, what, what do you mean I'm too leg? big? Yeah, to, yeah. What do you mean I'm too big to be carried into the house? What is this? And then, you know, 20 years later you go, well, of course. Yeah. You know, most people in the world don't get carried out of mm. their cars. Mm. But it is that, it is that mo- we all have these moments in our yeah. lives, but we all need that person. You're never mm. going to come to that conclusion on your own. As a child, mm. you're never going to be the one... And I, I know this is maybe mischaracterizing people mm. who are grown-ups in the world mm. as mm. children, but it just as humans, you're never going to be the one who goes, actually, mum, I'm too big for this now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't need to carry yeah. me anymore. Yeah. It's very rare that that would be the case. It's extremely that rare. That someone would be like, you know what, this is actually, this looks like it's taxing for you, mum. You know what, stop, I'd like to stop breastfeeding me. Yeah. It seems stressful for you. Yeah, it seems like a lot. So you need yeah. somebody yeah. to say, and in that instance, you know, the power dynamic is your pa- parents have the power to tell you that, mm-hmm. that it's just not on the table anymore. Mm-hmm. But most of the lessons I've learned in life mm-hmm. have either been through self-education, mm-hmm. encountering a new idea and wrestling with it myself, mm-hmm. but that's external to myself. It's not an internal, in, in the black box of my head. I've gone out and there's a new idea that's come in and, yeah. you know, I c- it wouldn't yeah. fit in my other ideas, so my other ideas had to change. Or someone has, has argued with me, mm. and in that moment when I'm arguing with them, I might not back down an inch, mm. but I'll go away. Take it, take it and reflect, yeah. And, and then you think yeah. about it and you go, well, yeah, actually that was... That's some of the... Those are some of the pauses. Those are the, the comments after shows that make me feel warm or like I'm doing the thing like I'm really doing this thing with purpose yeah um, because like money is not the purpose you know no but then you get confused when you don't have money and then you're like should I repurpose everything to make it yeah yeah money is kind of necessary to live in this in this world unfortunately yeah, this is society so gross but um, when when someone says to me that comment you made about um, the ethnic pay gap that joke that joke you have about the ethnic pay gap really made me think about how I never think about the ethnic pay gap yeah. and I'm just like oh we did it like you know like yeah. those moments and like that's what makes me feel like you know this stuff like I do want to take on that responsibility I think it just gets tiring honestly yeah and um, it is it is tiring and it is something that then you have to kind of deal with on a case by case basis of whether mm-hmm. you're up for yeah. going into battle yeah that That's day just just knowing that okay I'm gonna have to be a bit ready and this crowd could be um, less responsive or they might not be on the same page but hey let's open that book and see where we get by the end of the set like yeah. you know but sometimes I just I want to go I want to go to the easy place yeah just stock up on dick jokes have them in the back pocket in case you, you need them yeah yeah because you get sent out into the <laughs> trenches. Yeah. Oh. I mean, that's, that is, I mean, you're doing incredibly good work. Thank you, Alice. Thank you. I really Back appreciate yourself. it. It's just like, yeah, it's, it's the thing, um, ambition, what's next? Um, yeah. 
and growing as a, all of, as all of that happens and finding your voice still because there's there's the material but then there's like your delivery and your style and this and there are so many components and I feel like I'm just sorting them out yeah you know where can people find you online first? Um, on, I have a, a really outdated website. Feel free to go to it. Um, it's chemosvoice.com, which mm-hmm. is like Chemos Voice is also my social media stuff. On um, And it's K-E-M-E-A-M-A-H. K-E-M-A-H-S. Voice. Voice. Yeah. And is there one thing that you would like my listeners to think about? just for the next Ooh. 10 minutes Ooh. after this podcast so deep um, that they turn their minds to or something that they should Ooh. think about no, or look so, into this is so good wow oh what have I been thinking about Ooh. I, I think from a, on a personal note I would like to ask people and I think it has to do with what we're talking about um, what labor they caused other people to do if they could think about in a mindful way what kind of emotional labor or, or like what what they expect or demand of other people just actually think about that for a second yeah yeah okay that's an excellent thing thank you so Good much thing. for having tea with me thank you for having tea with me